0: Amen. All right We're uh, going right back to chapter 11. We'll finish up tonight. Genesis. Oh, Genesis. Oh, the wrong end of the book. Ch- uh, Revelation chapter 11. We'll finish this up tonight, and then uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think we'll get any further than that. But we're looking at the first fourteen verses of this. Really, first thirteen verses, but uh, we'll go through fourteen. And we're and we've been looking at the, the two witnesses. We looked last week at, at at some of the speculation of who those witnesses are, and then we looked at their prophecies. The prophecy is of judgment that they were speaking of judgment. They were in sackcloth. They, 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 that's an expression of, of mourning and distress and repentance, and they're, they're preaching judgment. And we talked about the purpose. Uh, the, the, well, I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but they're powerful witness. So their witness, they're going to, um, they're, they're going to prophesy for that three and a half years. They're going to be speaking. They're going to be. They're going to be uh, the, the words that they're speaking. They're speaking into confronting the sin of the people. They're gonna be confronting that very boldly and it's gonna stir the, the, the people in the world at that time are gonna be turned against them. They're, they're gonna be, I mean, they're just gonna hate these two witnesses. And they're gonna, but there will be folks that will come to faith because of their witness. So there is gonna be those that are born again in that time. They're gonna be saved. And we see their preaching and then the plagues that they bring. They bring, they bring, you know, fire proceeds out of their mouth. We see that in verse 5 and verse 6, there's a drought. There's disease that comes, verse 7, because of these plagues that they bring. And so we looked at that. Then we saw the purpose of their witness. And we talked about the purpose of their witness. Uh, I mean, the purpose of their witness is the same as the purpose of our witness. And it's to see people come to faith in Christ. Now, I'm thankful that even in the midst of the tribulation, God doesn't leave people without hope. There is, there is there's a, there's a hope for them to come to faith in, in the Lord. Now, again, do they, will they? That's on them. But the witness will be there. It will be spoken into their lives and they will have the opportunity. Um, then we see the death of the witnesses. We looked at that last week. That the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit in verse seven will make war against them, overcome them and kill them. So they're gonna kill them and then their, their bodies are displayed. You know, and 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 that culture, uh, in that part of the world, is, is really big on getting bodies in the ground quickly. They're they're very much on honoring a body. They don't want to desecrate a body or whatever. I mean, it's uh, it, 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 so for them to leave the body out, I mean, it's just you, you look at that and you see it's uh, uh, it demonstrates the contempt that they have for them that the beast has for them. They're just he wants to defile their bodies leave them there to be mocked and ridiculed, and, and, uh, and so that's, that's where we got to, and so we come to tonight, we get here, and we're going to look at the delight of their enemies. They're dead. They've been killed, the witnesses are dead, their bodies are laying there, and we're going to see the delight of their enemies. Now, sinful men have, have, have never wanted to hear or obey God's word, amen? amen. Sinful man doesn't want to hear it. And and we're in a time today where it's not like they just don't want they just you know want to avoid it they want to shut you up, I mean that's the culture we're in today. It's not that you have freedom of speech. Uh, We got a culture today that yeah we want freedom of speech as long as it agrees with our speech, and that's the vile side. They don't want you as a believer to have a right. To share truth. Well, if you're living in sin, you don't want to hear truth. You don't want to be confronted with your sin. You don't want to be confronted with those things. You want to shut that up. So men men just, man forever has has not wanted to hear truth. And we go back to Revelation chapter 9, verse 20 and 21. It says, But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, That they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. And so we saw back in chapter 9 we're reading this, and this is after, I mean, death and death and death and all these things, and they just feel, they're not, they don't turn. There's no change. There's this, there's this hardness in their hearts. And they just will not repent, they will not come to that place. So we hear, see here now in, in, in verse 10, look what verse 10 says, "And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them. And that sounds crass and cold. and I mean that there says a lot that they rejoice over them. These two men, they're dead. They were, they were killed, and they rejoice over them, over their death. They make merry. Now, you know, there's a party going on. It's like Tennessee after the game Saturday night. They're making merry. They're, they're celebrating. They're, re, re, they're just having a blast and a ball and all of the vileness and debauchery that you can imagine. You, you know, you, you, you get the picture of this. This is, this is ecstasy for them. They rejoice over their death. They make merry and send gifts to one another. So they've made it, it's a, it's a, it's a devilish Christmas. It's a satanic Christmas, kind of is, is what it is. They're sending gifts to rejoice and to celebrate the death of these witnesses. Because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. So so the celebration that's going on, it may surpass any worldwide celebration that has ever that has ever been experienced even surpassing Christmas. And we look at Christmas even today with, with a turning away. There's still people celebrate. There's still a lot of celebration around the world. I, I, I don't know. This may rival, it may blow away the celebration, even of worldwide celebration of Christmas in the way that they're going to celebrate this. And this is the, this, at this point right here, and it sounds strange to say this, but this is the only report of any joy of any kind occurring during the tribulation period. Now, that's what we see recorded. Now, we know there will be joy because there's going to be people that are born again, and there will be joy in their lives, and there will be joy in the midst of the tribulation as they have come to faith in Christ. But this is recorded. There is is glee and joy and all that among these people. So what does this tell us about the human heart during the end times? Well, let me read this. So there's a, 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 a guy named William Newell, and he says this. He says, Now comes the real revelation of the heart of man. Glee, horrid, insane, inhuman, hellish, ghoulish glee. There's actual delight at the death of God's witnesses. Utter, unbounded delight. A regular Christmas time of hell ensues. That's what he says. Now, folks, there might have been a time where we would have read that and went, man, that's kind of hard to imagine, that even people who aren't believers behaving that way. I'm in a day-to-day where that doesn't surprise That wouldn't surprise me at all. We're, we're in a day today where there is already this kind of celebration. Um, think back on, uh, you remember Judge Scalia? You remember when he died? You know, the, the left, there were people on the left who celebrated his death. You know, I, I thought, I thought uh, President Trump, when uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, when she died, I don't know that I ever saw Trump more presidential than the way he dealt with that. I don't know if y'all saw that. He got off the helicopter there at the White House, and he comes up to the press, which he always talked to the press, but he came up, and and they're telling him that she had died. His response to that, I thought, man, if he he acted like that all the time, it would be incredible because he acted presidential. He didn't act petty. He was presidential. It was incredible. Uh, so, so total opposite of the way we see other folks respond. Y'all remember uh, Muammar Gaddafi? Y'all remember that? Any of you remember when he was overturned? When that was happened? It was October the 20th. What's today? So, so tomorrow be t- tomorrow be um, it was 2011. So what is that? It'll be 11 years ago tomorrow uh, they, that he was overthrown. Now he was a he was a vile. He he was a brutal dictator. You know, leader the dictator there in Libya, and when when he was when that was overturned, I don't I don't, I don't know if any of you saw that. Now this is a brutal man that man, I don't have any compassion for what happened to him. But I saw a video of what happened to him, and it turned my stomach. The way that they they brutalized him, you know, for someone even as wicked as he was, the way that they treated him, and the way that, and I can see this kind of, it's that kind of glee and party and ah, the, the, the hatred and the angst against these two witnesses, and then when they're dead, oh, they're gonna party and rejoice like they did there um, what was that? Verse eleven. yeah, yeah yeah, let me get there. Okay. I, I'm still I'm still talking about their glee. Was well, the it's the it's the um, I think David I think David Barton talked about this Sunday. In, in did y'all like our good speaker Sunday? Mm-hmm. Wasn't he awesome? He better than the preacher. It was good. It was good. I even enjoyed that. Um, he was talking about there in, in Virginia when they when they passed whatever law or were trying to pass whatever law and he signed into law that thing where a child who survived an abortion. They can just leave it there to die. And those vile people clapped and shouted and rejoiced in that. Their, 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 their vileness, they rejoice in it. They rejoice in it. Um, I mentioned Scalia, but <coughs> even when Trump was president, the, the calls for him to be murdered, that idiot, redheaded fool uh, that come out with, a trump head, bloodied up and stuff. If 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 someone did that for a, a, a leftist yeah. I it would I mean you wouldn't hear the end of it. But it's so those kind of things, that's the that's the vileness of a human sin nature. Now this isn't a D or an R thing, right? Folks, this is a sin thing. This is a wicked sin heart thing. And, and that's what they have. And so they're, they're delighting in that. And then, then we see the preservation of the witnesses, verse 11. Now, after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them. And they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. Now, imagine. Now, people have, you got to get a picture, because as I'm, as I'm reading this, I'm trying to capture some things. I think people flew in from around the world. I think people are gonna fly in from around the world, the, the the rich and famous, the powerful. When they're killed, they're gonna fly in because the bodies are left in the streets so everybody can come see them and mock them. People are probably spitting and throwing things at them. I mean, you, you picture this, and we go, we read it it's very sanitary as we read it. There's nothing sanitary about it. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't, I don't think, see this too wickedly in the way that they're responding. People are flying in from all over the world Three days go by, and life is going to come back. I'll read something in a a moment on that. Um, So their, their celebration gets halted pretty quickly in this. So their rapture, the rapture of these two, verse 12, and they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here, and they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. So the rapture is much like that of the rapture of the church. Uh, when we read 1 Corinthians 15:52, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will ri- uh, will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Now, as we understand it, when the rapture comes, uh, folks aren't going to see it. The world's not going to witness the rapture of the church. We're going boom, we're going to be gone. We're going to go up. I think we'll see each other. I'd, if it happened right now, it's going to be like you, have I mean, been have you ever been scuba diving? A lot of you've been scuba diving. So you're in the water. You a bunch of different people. People always are doing something different under there, right? So you're. So I can imagine that as we take off, right? Claire back there. Claire, Claire's going to be doing some wild something. She's going. Rah, rah. She's going to be doing. And, and and Cliff, you know whatever. You know they're going. They're, they're going, they're going to be something. There'll be something. We all go to, who knows? But, you know, you hear that horn and it's like rapture drill. I'm going to be like Superman. I'm going to be flying. We're, we're gone. The world doesn't see it. These guys, here's the big difference. The whole world sees it. They're going to watch them as they ascend. Just like they watched the Lord Jesus as the disciples stood there and saw him go off. All these people are going to see it. That's the big difference is the enemies are going to see them. And this is just another attempt of the Lord to shake them out of their unbelief and into repentance. He is graciously allowing them to see exactly. They're not going to be able to deny what they saw. Dead men came to life. And they rise. And they watch them rise off into heaven. John Phillips describes this scene. He said, the sun, he said picture the scene, the sun-drenched streets of Jerusalem the holiday crowds flown in from the ends of the earth for a first-hand look at the corpses of these detested men, the troops in the in the beast uniform, the temple police. There they are, devilish men from every kingdom under heaven, come to dance and feast at the triumph of the beast. And then it happens, as the crowd strain at the police cordon to peer uh, curiously at the two dead bodies. There comes a sudden change. Their color changes from cadaverous hue to the blooming, rosy glow of youth. Their stiff, stark limbs, they bend, they move. Oh, what a sight. They rise, the crowds fall back and break and form again. Get the picture? I love someone who can use words so eloquently. Henry Morris describes describes this scene... He said, the sight will be enough to strike terror into the hearts of the most arrogantly rebellious of their enemies. A moment before, such men were rejoicing in supreme confidence that Christ was finally defeated and Satan's man was on the victor's throne. But now Christ has triumphed again. The ascent of the prophets into heaven was a dire prediction that even greater judgments were about to descend from heaven. The three and a half day festivities were about to be followed by another three and a half years of judgments more severe than ever. This is this is um, this will bring uh, great fear as they watch in disbelief. Uh, but even greater terror is going to come quickly upon them. Look at verse thirteen. In the same hour, there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed, and the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. So the heavens closed over the two resurrected witnesses, and then suddenly, instantly at this moment, there's this earthquake. And one-tenth of the city is reduced to rubble. A tenth. Now imagine those who are going to go, you're going to see it. You'll you, you understand. Jerusalem today, is, it's a big city. It's, it's, it's large. A tenth of the city is reduced to rubble. 7,000 people are dead. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot, but listen to the language of this. The original language there for people, it actually means men of name. Men of name. Well, what does that sound like? When you start talking about, uh, instead of people, when you say that these 7,000 men of name, So this indicates that the seven thousand fatalities were likely, or will likely, be famous people or political leaders—those most responsible for the persecution of these two witnesses. So it it sounds as though the the the, again that's why as you as you read this and you and you think about seven thousand men of name. This isn't just your anybody in the city. These are who do you think is going to be able to stand there and look at those two witnesses? It ain't going to be Joe Blow down the street. It's going to be the powerful, the wicked, those with money, those with fame, whatever. It's going to be those, those anti-God people. They're going to have the front row view of all that. And they're right there. The earthquake comes a tenth of the city. Perhaps it's this, this right there where they're all congregated together. It, maybe it's that tenth of the city that collapses and the, and the 7,000 people are killed. Those who, those who survive will have no choice but to acknowledge the resurrection and ascension of the two witnesses and the subsequent earthquake as acts of divine power. The rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. That's how that, that verse uh, reads. Gave glory to the God of heaven. Uh, now, it's not likely that they, they truly turned to God in saving faith and repentance You know, terror often brings an emotional response without producing a permanent change. We we, we, we all can relate to that. We're all, I think everybody in this room is old enough to remember 9-11. 9-11, politicians got out on streets and prayed. Stood out on the streets of the Capitol and prayed. I don't know who they were praying to, uh, but they were praying. Churches were full. Who was here? Who was here on 9-11? Brent, was the church packed? Like... Four-year full yep. standing room, room only I've seen the church one time like that we had a funeral here and there were people lined down the sides in the back out in the foyer there I imagine it was like that yep. a month later, right yeah it took about that much each week it dropped off we, were, you know, we had a big church we were running at that time about 11, 1200 big foyer, big hallways the first Sunday it was full uh, second Sunday, we, we, we had chairs in the foyer and stuff. The second Sunday, they were, there were chairs that were empty, so we began to taper them back. took about three weeks, and everybody was back in the sanctuary. When they realized, oh, this isn't the end. So, oh, we come call out to God. And it's a lot of the fire insurance, right? Oh, I've got to get close to God. This might be the end. Folks, that ain't going to do it. Nope. That ain't going to do it. It's a personal relationship with him. So we've seen that. We've seen the way that happens with 9 11. People will, you know, it's an emotional response, but there's no real change. So we come to verse 14. The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is, is coming quickly. So let's go. We'll just continue on. Verse 14. We'll read verse 14 through 19 here, and, uh, and we'll just see where we get to here. So the second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. Verse 15. Then the seventh angel sounded. And there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come in the time of the dead that they should be judged and that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints and those who fear your name, uh, small and great and should, de- and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple and there was lightnings, noises, thunderings and earthquake and great hail, 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 hail. How do do y'all want me to say that? It's not hell. Okay, it's hail. Hail. All right, that's the stuff that falls out of the sky. Hail. I only know one word how to say it. and It's it's spelled different, sounds the same. Uh, So we've been waiting. We get to this point now. We've been waiting since chapter 8 for the third woe. That that was promised. And so the seventh angel sounds the trumpet, and great voices from heaven announce that the kingdom of the world is in Christ's power. Now, notice, not kingdoms. For now, the beast has the united kingdom. And you can go to chapter 17, 13, and reference that. But the the kingdom will be united. Everything's going to be united in in this one kingdom. And so the Lord's going to take that kingdom, He's going to take that back. Christ uh, does not gain control of the world until 1911. So, So this this is a declaration of events to come. Again, as you're reading, as we're reading this, we're reading, we're seeing into the future still. We're seeing things that are going to come. Just like the two witnesses, we saw the two witnesses and it covered three and a half year period and it was an overview of all that. We're still looking into things to come right here. So in this section, we also have the anticipation of heaven as the elders look ahead to see what will happen. And it's a wonderful thing, amen, when you can look ahead. It's, it, when, when you have the vantage point of heaven, that's, that's good. So we're, we in Israel, I, Israel's on my mind because I've been talking a lot and trying to finalize some things on our trip, so I'm thinking a lot about Israel. But when we get to Israel, those that are going, we're gonna go the first, the first day as we're traveling, we're, we're gonna go to Mount Carmel. And Mount Carmel... We'll stand up there on that mountain. Every time I've been there, it's cold. It, 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 I mean it's the wind's blowing on there. I mean, it's gonna be cold. But up there, you got a view. You got a view of the valley uh, where the battle of Armageddon will be fought. Because you can see, you can see all the way to Nazareth from there, you can see all of that valley area. And you you know, you start thinking about all of the, the men, the armies that will be in there. And it's incredible. So, we're up there and we, we watched this jet. You know, a, a, we're talking a fighter jet that's coming in. And it flew around and it's, it's just such a big valley. I mean, this thing is it's booking it. And it's just it's creeping along. And it comes in and it lands. And we watch it land down there. And so, from our perspective up there, and I thought, you know, I even thought then, what a different perspective that battle is going to be fought there. What a different view it is from up here than it is from down there. Amen. You know, when you got that view, we have, a, we have a view through the scriptures. It's from heaven. We get to see these things that are going on from, from the viewpoint of heaven. I mean, you know that the, the, the cathedral song, I read the back of the book and we win. Anybody heard that one? You, you're the only one? Only one? Gina, two? Three, four? Well, it's a few other. Yeah, I read the back of the book and we win. No more living in darkness. We'll be something living at home with him, something I don't know. but that the idea is, and the truth of it is, we don't have to fear because we know we know what's coming. We know how it ends. We don't have to wonder and fret. So all that happens from this point on leads leads up to the Son of God taking the reins of government and conquering His enemies. And that's where we're at. So this prophecy is followed by praise as the elders glorify Christ for His power. So this is the third time that we see heavenly praise. If you go back to chapter 4, verse 11, they they said, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for You created all things. And by your will, they exist and were created. So they praised him as creator. Then you get to chapter 5 and verse 9. They praised him as redeemer. Verse 9 says, And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. And here they praise him as the king and judge. Verse 17. We give you thanks, O God, O Lord our God, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. The nations were angry. And your wrath has come. Your wrath has come. And the time of the dead that they should be judged and that you should reward your servants, the prophets, and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Now note that they, the lost are described as them that destroy the earth. Now Satan, if you go uh, to chapter 9, verse 11, we say Satan is the destroyer, and all who follow him share in his program of destruction. Amen. I mean, that's, 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 that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to defile and destroy. He wants power. He wants to be worshipped. But he wants to defile and destroy and go against anything and everything that God has, has created, everything that God has ordained. He wants to destroy it. He wants to bring that gap down. God commanded man to care for the earth and use its resources for his good and God's glory. But Satan has led men into destroying the earth and using its resources selfishly for evil. So some things, and maybe y'all can help me here, all right? So we got about eight minutes here. I'm going to mention some things, and maybe y'all can help me think of some others in the idea of, of, of Satan and these who destroy the earth. So here's some thoughts. Environmentalist. Now, it's interesting that it, there was a day when the environmentalists were all about protecting the spotted owl. Or, uh, you know, we had, we, we had people, there was danger... There was a drought in 08 or 09 before we moved to Indiana. Lake Hartwell, which feeds Atlanta. A lot of the water goes through, and Atlanta draws water off of, off of uh, not Lake Hartwell, Lake, uh, lake uh, what is that lake in Gainesville, Gina? Yeah. Lake Lanier. And so Lake Lanier runs down, it runs through Georgia, it goes through the panhandle and, 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 and into those, I guess, freshwater marshes. So the environmentalists were so concerned about the mussels the freshwater mussels, that they were not going to allow water to be pulled off to, to take care of people, the millions of people in Atlanta. And uh, that was one of those situations I found interesting because the water was down 20 feet. And, and the scientists said it will take 10 years to refill Lake Lanier. 10 years. We moved. It started raining. It might have been us. <laughs> do, you, do you remember this? You remember the rain? It came, and within, uh, I don't know, a month or so, Lake Lanier was full. It was over full. It was over, I mean, it was, it was just one of those, I went, yes, Lord. Yes, and that's what I want the Lord to do, just the opposite with our water here. Take it down, and people go, man, they said it would take five weeks for this water to go down. Y'all join me in praying that way. Pray that God just miraculously, if he can part the Red Sea and the Jordan so that they can pass by on dry land, surely he can bring the dry land back here. Amen. All right, God's already working. That's a little earlier, earlier than December. Yes, Praise the Lord. Keep praying. So the environmentalist, who who, th- it seems like, you know, there was this thing of, oh, we're really concerned about the earth. Do, y- do y'all realize those wind turbines are supposed to be so good for power and stuff? Do you realize what they're made of? You know what they do with those things? I mean, they la- they, they never even get out of it, electricity-wise, what it took to build the thing. They never get that out, and then they—I don't know—every four, five, six years they got to go and replace the blades. Well, they take the blades down. These things are humongous. You know what they're doing? They've got big old swaths of land. They're digging these holes and they're just putting them in the ground and covering them up. They're fiberglass. They're not gonna—they're not going anywhere. Uh, these are the environmentalists who love the love the earth. Okay, so so they're doing that kind of stuff. How about oh, these electric cars? that they go and they mine for the materials. They're so concerned. They're so concerned about, about, no, not using fossil fuels here in America or whatever, that it's okay for a little black kid to be digging in the mines or whatever, and they're just destroying the land <laughs> to get these minerals that they have to have, and they gotta have, like, tons of it to make a car battery for these electric cars. Don't tell me you care about the environment when, you, when that's what you're doing. Once they're dead, yeah, they're, they're done. So what do you do then? I guess they'll dig a hole and stick them in a hole. And, um, so you got the environmentalist. Uh, somebody fall out back there? GMOs. Is that the right word, GMOs? Genetically modified. So corn, I don't think corn used to be like it is now. You know, corn now, the way it's been modified is really not good for us. It's not, I mean, you, and you end up with the hydrogenated uh, uh, vegetable oil or whatever, and it's like a, it's like one element off of being plastic or something, I don't know. But these, they're genetically modifying. Who do you think would want to modify what God created? Satan. Satan. Okay. Who do you think would want to destroy the earth and, and, and the, the environment? Satan. All right. That's what I, I, I kind of think. You know what I heard? So I heard this this week. They're, they're so concerned about global warming. Now they're coming up with this way that they can take this something and they take it out in space. They take it up 10, 12, 15 miles up into space and they spray this stuff out in the atmosphere. And it, it supposedly it does the same thing that a major volcanic eruption would do in throwing up all the ash and and the... Carbon into the atmosphere so that then it filters the sun because the sun is bad. Sun is bad, so we got to filter. So it, it's the idea is to create this this screen out there in our atmosphere to keep. What could go wrong, right? What could possibly go wrong with that? So that that's the kind of stuff they're talking about. Um, I, I don't know if you've heard the lies about the ozone layer. That's all a lie. It was such, there was such little research done on that, and they took it and run with it and changed an entire industry uh, of, of the, 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 the refrigerants and stuff. Um, Satan desires to destroy anything and everything that God created and that He ordained. Some other thoughts? Anybody got any ideas on that? With the, it's a religion. Well, it is a religion. you got to be really, really smart to think that way. Really, really, lots of degrees. you gotta be, You got to be a special kind of intelligent. Well, I mean, cows, you know, cows flatulate. You know, all that methane, that's terrible. Do, 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 y'all, do y'all remember the basic science of what do our trees breathe? They breathe carbon. What an interesting concept. What an interesting concept. They need the carbon. God will take care of it. The fact is, I mean, there are scientists who are, who are out there who are shouting this stuff from rooftops. Nobody wants to listen. But said if you reduce the carbon, you're going you're gonna to destroy plant life. Mm-hmm. And it won't take much to throw it off. So, I mean, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? Uh, it just sounds wonderful. We're going we're gonna to save our... Uh, but, but, but again, some of these people who push these things... Also, uh, yeah, I'm political tonight. Some of these people who push this stuff also would love to have about half the Earth's population drop dead. They would be okay with that. Because the Earth, you know, we're just destroying the Earth and there's too many people on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that uh, genetic, that, that professor, the guy that studied all those years of medical stuff to understand vaccines. What's his name? Oh, Bill Gates. Bill Gates, the scientist, the guy that built computers, who I don't know that he's ever studied a biology or any of that, but he is the expert on the vaccines and immunizations and all the stuff around the world. <laughs> well, we know that half the world. we know that. We've already read half the world's population will be, will be dead, and, and if they're not if, the, if they survive that they're going to have what they want, but they're going to live, live in terror. And, hmm, all right. Doesn't sound good for them. We're going to read about judgment next week. We'll, we'll, we'll get on the judgment of those. Well, any questions, comments, thoughts? Anything before we leave. It's getting a little warm in here tonight. how not complain. You're liking this, Dave? I'm dying, man. I was up there, I'm like... I'm gonna I'm gonna pass out from heat exhaustion. (laughs) All right. Nothing? Shay. Stand up if you don't mind and close us in prayer. Would you do that for us? Thank you, sir. you will guide all of us to hear your word to know your word and to just live it every single day guide us and direct us and of course we lift up all the prayer requests and the praises we thank you for them and just continue to guide us bless this body of believers Uh, bless us as we go we pray this in the glorious name of our lord jesus christ amen amen real quick before you go Cleaning ministry tomorrow at nine o'clock. If you're free and available, want to come help with that? That would be awesome. Don't forget, tell your friends. Vote on November eighth. It's coming up. Fellowship Hall. Patrick, are you back there? He's not back there. All right, uh, Patrick. Uh, the the fellowship hall floors are going to be being um, stripped and re, re uh, whatever that's called, rewaxed waxed on Thursday. So uh, even tonight, if you guys, if you got if you got a little time, you got a few minutes. Um, if you can help us break down the tables and the chairs over there, get those out of the fellowship hall, that'd be great. Maybe Patrick will be over there to help us, uh, direct us on where that needs to go. But we need to get all that out of there so they can do the floors. And so if you have any reason to come to the fellowship hall, please don't through Saturday. Let those floors get, get uh, sealed up and, and hardened up like we need them to. And then Saturday afternoon, they'll go in some time and get everything set back up. Um, so if you can help with that in just a moment, that would be great. Tomorrow, if if you're if if you're off tomorrow and you go, man, I'd love, I was just thinking about, it, I'd love to have a, a, a an opportunity to go help some people who are affected by the storm. There's an opportunity tomorrow. Tomorrow, the group out of New Smyrna Beach that I've been telling y'all about, I sent an email out just before church started um, that talks a little bit about this. But tomorrow, Debbie White, she's got about four people helping her, uh, is gonna be in Deltona. And They're they're cutting sheetrock. I don't know. how They may have to go up like four foot, take the sheetrock out, pull up carpet, and get it out of the house. That's what they're doing is helping clean out a house. That's in Deltona tomorrow. If you want to help, you can let me know. You can call her. It's on the email. Her number's on there and and be a part of that. Saturday, if anybody wants to work Saturday, I'm going to New Smyrna Beach. I'm going to work with these folks. So if anybody's interested in going over there with me Saturday, joining me in that uh, it's a good opportunity. I want to go because I want to, I think ours are going to be a lot different than what they're experiencing, but I want to see how they're, what they're doing and I want to see what they're using in, in the way of cleaning it after they, if they go halfway or whatever, how they're cleaning those out and sanitizing things because this is so different than what we did in in, uh, in Mississippi. So if you're interested in Saturday, uh, let me know and we'll, we'll set up where we're going to meet and all that information like that, Okay. Anything? Anything anybody needs to announce? John? Nothing? Claire, you got anything for us? No no words of wisdom? All right. Well, y'all dismissed. God bless you. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you very much.